Oh, you got anything good for the opening? I thought you did. No. Yeah, you said you had. You said you had worked up some some marvelous pun. Oh, but that was not for the opening. That's just at some point. Well, maybe we could use it for the opening. You want to use it for the opening? <laughs> I don't think it'll work for the opening. It's a bit. It's a, there's a bit of a walk to the pun. Are you two implying that our openings are usually short? Oh, for face? God's sake. All right. So There's I know you got to get started because you have to get back to the dog or something. I got to let the dog out because I got to come back for the transfer lunch. Who's letting the dogs out? Me. 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 Yeah, sure. That's an opening. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Even More Mashed Up, the Woo-hoo. pop culture podcast brought to you by Misericordia University. Featuring two professors talking about all things pop culture. I'm Patrick, and we're going to have a marvelous day. And I am Alan, and that marvelousness builds upon our creed of excellence. Oh, God. I came up with that one in the shower this morning. Oh, that's so flirking bad. (laughs) Good one, flirking. That's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, now I see Rich is here. Yes, Rich is here, and he's got the, the got the, the cans on. Or those relatively unenthusiastic clapping. That's right. is Rich. Well, we're not off I mean, to a strong start. Yeah, I mean, I gave I gave the clapping that the joke deserves. Mm, which joke, his or mine? Because mine was yes. quality. <laughs> <laughs> so, are your headphones that you're wearing? What brand are they? Are they Scroll Candy? No, they're they're Sony. I can see. From do you here. not know the brand Skull? Candy? I do. I, I got do. that. Yeah. I did get scroll that. candy. I was, again, scroll candy. That's another one that you came up with in the shower. I did. This I did. I, I was like, I got a pun on Korean scroll. Wow. Oh, because we're talking about Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yes. If you if you hadn't figured that out yet, I really liked Creed. That's not bad. Thank you. Yeah. They should do a mashup of like the Rocky movies, Apollo Creed. Oh, that would be excellent. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes. I'm Eye of to... the Yonrog would be like the theme song. Who's Yonrog? That's Jude Law. Okay. That's his character. I, I didn't know his name the whole film. Okay. I'm now I'm concerned about my pun. Still do not know his name. It might require you to know his name. Jung Ron? Yon Rog. Yun Yon? Y O N. Yon. Let me write that down. Yon Rog. Rog or Rug? Rog. 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 We are off to a good start. Put an umlaut over that, and that'll help me remember. It's Yon Rog. Well, it's like Gorilla Grod. Yon Rog. By the way, I cannot wait to see the Flash. Oh, King Shark versus Gorilla Grog. Yeah. It's I'm like, quality. I told Bobby they they either got a huge bump in CGI, <laughs> <laughs> or, or a huge I drop in the expectations of right. quality. Uh, well, I mean, King Shark is mostly just the guy that stands on the side. You know, he doesn't really do much. I just I can't see it. But we should probably yeah. talk about Captain Marvel. Yes, we should, and we could probably talk about Flash at some later point. Yes, but yes. So yes, today we're talking about the latest installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I've I've heard the twenty-first entry. It's done fairly well at the yes. box office. I've I believe it has. Yes, I have no quantification of that. I do. Do you? Excellent. What do you got, Rich? Oh, well, numbers. I, I love numbers. I miss numbers. I'm so glad Rich is committed enough to the show mm-hmm. to do numbers. I'm sorry that my putting in a little bit of research numbers for Lent is causing you such a problem. Have you? pay people if you can't do numbers. You quit numbers before Lent, so it seems like <laughs> but I you're quitting br- for no. Lent something you've already quit, which I seems it back. kind, of, it back for kind a couple of episodes. not really so doing Lent. Numbers are a sacrifice, and you're supposed to sacrifice something for Lent. Okay. What do you got, Rich? Uh, so domestic, it's $153 million. $153 million. That Sounds about right. Which yeah. puts it, oh, hang on, I just had the right for it. 
Superhero. This is a good sound effect while we. Yeah, this is good. Him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really worried about Rich taking over numbers anytime soon. Yeah. Because yeah, this so dead air is really quality. And material. yeah, let's give it the number one ranking for the opening weekend. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. It's where what? Not of all time. Not right? of all but time. This weekend. Yes. Yes. Of the oh, yes. I, I apologize. I implied something it was not. All right. I, wow. Patrick, I should apologize for criticizing your, your yeah, handling yeah, of numbers. You, yeah. You take for granted <laughs> you know, what I bring to this show on you, a daily basis. When you read numbers, it yeah. seems it, it seems, seems so somehow. obvious and direct to me. And yet, <laughs> yeah. yet Rich uh-huh. is demonstrating that uh, literally reading numbers, numbers is – It's not as easy as it seems, much is it? Harder yeah. Than it seems. yeah, it's much harder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, d- 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 <laughs> Higher, faster, further, baby. Hey, while Rich is working on that, I have a question for you. It's kind of about numbers, but not directly. So there was obviously – we've spent a lot of time on this show. Yes. Way back in the Dan Kimbrough era, even, mm-hmm. talking about Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. And, of course, there was a massive anti-Captain Marvel yeah. campaign on the Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, trying to the, kind of trash Kill the, the audience rating, yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts? Um – I mean, beyond something like white men suck. Yeah, <laughs> what, what, what are you going to do? <laughs> They're the um, worst. Yeah, I mean, you know, as Rich's, you know, fairly pathetic attempt at the numbers tells us, it yes. clearly didn't Ow. really have much of an effect um, on it, the box office. I would argue it it might have had the opposite effect that yeah. was intended, that it seemed to have galvanized a kind of support for yeah, Captain I mean, Marvel. I don't, I, don't, no, I don't know how much. I mean, maybe a little bit. I don't know that it necessarily had a huge... Well, Captain Marvel I, I think, was going to do. People going to this movie were galvanized right. already. That may be in true, a lot of ways, but it, so. it felt like this was a little extra push, maybe. Yeah, it might have been a little. Just... It might have been a little. I know some people. Like I think our, our colleague Amanda Caleb posted yeah. something on Facebook about like I'm going to go see it twice now. Yeah, as if seeing a Marvel movie twice is some like remarkable thing. <laughs> right? Yeah, like wow. I mean, it's fairly normal. Boy, for what some, some people consider activism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a Tuesday for me. <laughs> have uh, you only seen it twice so far? I've only seen it once. Really? Yeah, I was going to. Oh. T- the dog. I thought. Well, no, I thought about going to see it again on Don't Sunday. Blame the dog. Oh, everything is everything's the dog. blamed on the dog. Um, I thought about going to see it on Sunday, yeah. like to kind of end spring break. Yeah. And then I thought, well, let me put together some notes for the show to see what I've got. And yeah. I ended up with four pages of notes, and I'm like, you know what? I can probably wait a little while and see. I'll probably see it Thursday, Friday, something like that. I'll see it again this week. Yeah. Um, I, I would love well, to see it again. Well, I also again, think there's sure. elements of it that are going to run, work differently. Uh, seen it a second time. I think you're right. I think you're because in particular, right. when you get the—I mean, not that you did, not that I didn't see it coming—but when you get the revelation that basically Yon Rog is gaslighting Captain Marvel, yeah. the whole time, yeah, it really I think changes that opening sequence between them. Right. Yes. Although I will say that um, sitting next to Vicky in the theater, yeah, like literally as soon as he showed up on screen, yeah, she nudges my arm and she's like. He's the bad guy. Oh, yeah. Well, okay, number one, <laughs> like he's, was... Cree, he's Cree. The Cree are never good. Because um, there was that moment where, what, it, like, the when their plan for, like, getting the spy out was, you know, the insurgency team's going to go there, yeah. and the accusers are going to bomb the south side of the planet. I'm like, it's a Cree planet. Like, yeah. why? And they're like, oh, yeah, the Cree suck. That's yeah. why. Yes. That's why they do stuff like that. Yes, but so. even even for Vicky, yeah. who doesn't know a Cree from a scroll when yeah. she sits down at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like as, well, they're, as soon they're, as yeah. Jude Law shows up, or excuse me, Jan Rog. Jan Rog. As soon as he shows up, Vicky's yeah. like, he's definitely. Well, the and, and given the, the gaslighting of him, you know, yeah. it reminded me, of course, of Wreck It Ralph and kind of the way in which that was gaslighting. Yeah. Um, so, of course, it made me in mind that he's Wreck It Rog. Was that it? That was, that was it, yes. That... Wreck It, wreck it Rog. <laughs> 
I almost feel like we should just scrap the podcast. <laughs> like, I, like, um, like if that was that was like the that was that, that was fun. That was the peak. Like that's that's what you wanted to walk towards. I've got another fun fact. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you can stop. Do you know where the term gaslighting comes from? Uh, it's an old movie, right? Yes, called Gaslighting. Called Gaslight, which is oh. based on a 1938 play called Gaslight in the UK. Yeah, and Angel Street in the US. Do you know who it's written by? No. Patrick Hamilton, really? Yeah, the 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 nineteen yeah. the mid twentieth century so British the, novelist the, and playwright, the better known Patrick Hamilton. of the Patrick Hamilton writers. I feel we're about even. <laughs> Do you? Where are you I, going? I feel like the other Patrick Hamilton would not feel. Well, he's bad. dead. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> he's killed him. <laughs> so. I didn't kill him. I, I think he died. Of, he died a while ago. I was not alive at that point. Okay. So Convenient. you you so said you, you didn't like Wreck It Rog? Come on, Wreck It Rog. Yeah. No. No. Okay. I actually think Creed is better. <laughs> Creed is – I'll give you that. Creed is actually better. I, I did like Wreck-It Rog, though. It's not bad, but I did not care for the movie, Wreck-It Rog. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about Captain Marvel for a moment. No. I'm like, what? <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I hated it. I was like, oh, it was the worst. So Dang another example me. of white men suck. That's right. Um, so you said you had the good, the bad, and the – Pretty sun. much. Yeah, okay. that's what I've got. So uh, we had a lot of good. I don't have a lot on the stuff I didn't like, so maybe we should start there. Okay. I've got a few things. And then end on the things that we did. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff that I – that was quote-unquote bad is probably a little bit me. I was very upset we didn't actually get to see the the Kree Supreme Intelligence and giant tentacle head. I could see why you would be disappointed in that. That they did kind of a dodge (laughs) of that, of like, oh, it it only appears as what you see. No one sees the real thing. Well, geez, I kind of appreciate that scene more now because it's kind of giving a stiff arm to to, to comic geeks Which makes me sad because we're at the point in the – like between Guardians and Thor Ragnarok and even Infinity War, like they've kind of embraced like the big cosmic stuff. And so the the dodge on – not showing us the actual I, – I want a giant tentacle head supreme intelligence didn't, at some point. Didn't bother me at all. It bothered me. Like that was no. one – that I was a little it, disappointed. So really, this is, this is it? That was one of my – that was one of my issues. So you're like – you're the movie reviewer like the book reviewers I used to have to deal with who write the review based only on how you would have made the movie as opposed to what's actually in the movie. Yes. Okay. Yes, in this one instance in that I would, I would have had the supreme intelligence right. in there. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. My only real complaint of the film was its start. I've, I've seen a number of things. It was a Which little I uneven felt at the beginning. It was a little uneven and a little bit slow. About 10 minutes in, I actually had a thought to myself is this not going to be yeah. what I hope I've it was going to be? I've seen a number of reviews that have said like the first half hour of the film is not I would strong. Say, I, I, I wasn't timing it. It felt to me like the first 10 or 15 minutes where it just felt like, yeah. look, the Cree Scroll comic book canonical history mm-hmm. is really complicated. Is it? They both kind of suck. Well, and okay, they hate but, each other, and but, they try to kill each other. But for non-comic book fans, yeah. there's a like you, of course, are well versed yeah. in the Kree Scroll Wars and yes. whatnot. But for people who Why aren't, are we talking about the first or the second? All of them. Also, there's the Kree Shi'ar War. Right, right. Well, the Shi'ar, of course, also not always the greatest of people. No, actually, a lot of the Marvel alien races kind of suck. Yeah. Which probably is something a book on race and comics should think about. Yeah, that's yeah. the book on. That's the next book. Probably too late. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Like, yeah. So well, uh, Texas, we'd like to add an entire discussion. We're just gonna we're gonna thread it through all the. No, we're not gonna write new chapters. We're gonna thread it through all the the, the page proof chapters That'll already. Be fun. Yeah, oh. just minor changes. <laughs> yeah. So, 
to me, that was my biggest complaint. Was yeah. I felt like they it, like you're really diving into the deep end, mm-hmm. and plus the way they decided to tell the story, which was yeah. kind of through Carol's fragmented memories mm-hmm. of the past. It felt to me like it took a while to get yeah. going. It did, yeah. In but, general, it felt a bit uneven to me. Yeah. Uh, particularly in the shift I noticed was when the scrolls show up at the Rambo's house. Yeah. And it all of a sudden took a shift towards comedy in a way that it did not. Right. Before I literally laughed out loud at points in the second half of the film. Yeah, I, wanted, I was going to talk about that and stuff that I really liked. That I, I mean, I did. But there, it was did, some, did there, feel, some... there was a little bit of, of you know, kind of. An unevenness of tone for the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. In the beginning, it just took me – it took a while for it to engage me. And, yeah. it's, and I'm not hard to engage on superhero movies. Right. Well, in another way that it kind so. of it had it put me in mind of Wreck-It Ralph because that was one where a much longer portion of the film did not really engage us. Right. And so I, I, yeah. that was what I was like, You mean oh. the whole film? I, I, I – No, I know we disagreed. Me. I, I engaged I, me towards I, the end. I jest. Um, but yeah, like there was part of it that – no, you don't jest. Um – but there was part of that I was like, oh, God, please don't let this be Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. And it, it wasn't. It, it so I, I want to be clear yeah. about that. But to me, that my biggest complaint was yeah. it, it took a while to kind of find itself. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, to kind of settle in and, and, to kind of and, find and Carol, get to, to know? kind of where it was going. Yeah. 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 That was my big complaint. What else you got? Um, really only minor stuff. I, I'm not really sure ultimately that like the Coulson, Ronan, and Korth cameos added up to much. I really wanted more Coulson. I would like, have more if I were going to make a I would have liked of, more Ronan about you, like like a, a complaint like you, like what yeah. I wanted more in the film. Like if Coulson's going to be there, yeah, it would. I can. I guess I can understand in retrospect why they didn't. Yeah. Um, but it would have been nice to have more, a Coulson. little bit more Coulson. You know, um, more Ronan. Yeah, I I don't need him. Yeah, I did like how it, it felt connected though. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah, like, I did like, like that. That. Well, and again, it, it's an interesting thing in terms of this film. It's one of the challenges of the film, I would say, in that it's sort of it's twenty years before the Marvel Universe kind of, or fifteen twenty years before the Marvel Universe kind of kicks off. Right. So whatever they have to do can't really be all that public. Right. Um. And so it was interesting the way that they still found ways to throw. I mean, you know, between Conan and Ro- uh, Conan, um, Korath and Ronan, Coulson and Fury. Obviously, the Tesseract shows up again. Right. Project Pegasus. That that yeah. there were ways that I thought they did a nice job of kind of threading it in. Yeah. Without sort of of completely bursting the continuity. Agreed. Agreed. And once they figured it out and the movie got going. Yeah. I think they did quite well. Yeah. And then I had one other and yeah. the minor complaint. Yeah. Is that I I the music choices yeah threw me off a little bit. Because in my sense, yeah. It seemed like they were almost all by female singers or female led groups. Well, good deal. Except Nirvana. Right. Which that one kind of jumped out as like, why? Like, I, if you're going to do, like, you know, right. this is the Captain Marvel film, so we're going to do all female-led songs, yeah. why do you do Nirvana? Well, that was the one that kind of jumped out to me. It was like, oh, that's odd. R.E.M. shows up on the soundtrack. I though. didn't rec- It does, but I didn't reckon. Yeah. I don't know that song, so. Man on the Moon? Was it Man on the Moon? I thought it was some other R.E.M. song. That's what I, I, I just Googled it online and pulled okay. it. But that's what it said. I don't, I don't, re- I don't remember The only it. one I remember hearing was Nirvana. Yeah. I mean, because obviously it's during her confrontation with the Supreme Intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. And that was when I was just like, oh, well, maybe I might that have was gone an, with a different choice. An off moment. But I think when we get to the positives, we can talk about music in a more positive way. Yes. Too. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure you were sad that there was no Runaways. Well, the Runaways don't really fit the time period. And yeah. honestly, if you're going to look a heart for the, shirt. Like the, 90s, the 90s version of 
The Runaways? The Runaways. I've often, I've long argued that's Hole. Okay. And yeah, Hole when Hole does was playing show over up, the credits, I was like, oh, Alan's going to be happy with that. Yep. Hope was there. She was watching the movie, and afterwards she said, I just, like, she remembers Vicky singing that all the time when she yeah. was a kid. Yeah, so that's the only good. Hole song I know good. is Celebrity Skin. Of course. You should get that album. It is one of the great underrated albums mm, in not rock a, and not roll a, history. Not a, yeah. But then it would be putting a hole in my collection. Don't you have a couple already? No. Hall and Oats? No. Good night, folks. Yeah. yeah. All right. So wreck it, Rog. <laughs> that saved it. That. So anything? Anything else he hated? No. That's that. Those are those are my those are my bad. All right. Let's talk about what you loved then. You already mentioned the scrolls. Could we start with them? Yeah. I loved. I it was a very different treatment. take on the scrolls. Yeah, and to me, it reminded me of Iron Man three, mm. and what I loved about the Mandarin. Yeah, I could see that. That like the Mandarin is something in the comic book, in mm-hmm. the movie plays with that idea for a while mm-hmm. and then totally subverts it. Yeah. And you know that's one of my all-time favorite Marvel films yes. as a result with what for what they do. And they do almost exactly the same thing with the scrolls. Here, yeah. That they're clearly set up to be the bad guys. Now, why everybody believes the Kree sort of propaganda? Well, well I, I mean, really the only person that believes it live, is, right? is Carol, and then Carol's right. the one that tells that to Fury and everyone. So it's all yeah. part of, of how she's been duped. Right, right. Yeah, fair enough, I guess. Um, and it's not like we don't fall pray to propaganda here. Yeah, exactly. It's like ridiculous, but yeah. we 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 support it anyway. What I loved was the long play. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the scrolls in the trailers, yeah. They're clearly bad guys. Oh yeah, like, they're, they're coming out of the no ocean menacingly. Of, of they're this. hiding as sweet old ladies, you mm-hmm. know, but they're really like lethal fighters. Yeah. The switch, you know, when he's when he's got the coke or whatever that he's drinking through a straw. Mm-hmm. Just uh, to me it was it was yeah. It was beautiful. Well, not something we were expecting. I mean, obviously, we were expecting the Captain Marvel movie to have something to do with with sort of the politics and dynamics of gender. Yeah. Making the scrolls into refugees. Yeah. And sort of as a comment on kind of the refugee situation. That was a little bit out. That was a little bit out of the blue. Yeah. Um, It it just it was some of the best politics I think Marvel's. Yeah. Now it works. I will say the one, it was one of the things I uh, one of the other things I liked about it is that it's one of the ways that the film I thought very subtly adapted stuff from the comics because mm-hmm. the moment that they revealed the scrolls were without a home planet yeah it made me recall the Fantastic Four storyline in the eighties where Galactus ate their home planet well I'm pretty sure everybody thought that right as soon as that reveal was made in the theater people were like oh my god it's the eighties Fantastic Four so. I feel like you're being sarcastic. No, when Galactus gobbled up their home so, planet of Chromalock that was a, 4. That was a nice – it's not – it was – I can't remember what the planet was. I don't know. Uh, really? Yeah. I, I, what? I'm, I'm not a big Fantastic <laughs> Four fan, so um, they're not really something I'm as well-versed in in the, in the minutia. Yeah. You need to do another Marvel trivia box. Um, yeah. But, uh, but so I, I did I, – that was one of the things I liked that they sort of yeah. adapted but made their own. Because they just – they don't right. mention that, like – Galactus ate their home world. It's just that they don't have one. But generally, good comic book movies do that, mm-hmm. right? Is they don't they don't get they don't allow themselves to be straight jacketed yeah. into the the canon. But to go back to to the scrolls, right? Mm-hmm. They're set up as terrorists. They're totally mm-hmm. evil, like through all kinds of yep. subversive, infiltrative mm-hmm. techniques and strategies. Right. They undermine and destroy right. Well, and they've civilizations, always, they've always, right? Like the, like, the Kree have always been kind of your militaristic, imperialist, mm-hmm. fascist sort of group. Mm-hmm. The scrolls have always been kind of the insidious, the hidden threat. The internal threat, yeah. right? And so to then turn them into something very different, like mm-hmm. you said, they're not 
terrorists, they're refugees on the right. run from a genocidal threat mm-hmm. in the form of the Cree. Mm-hmm. That their kids and their family members are literally in cages, right? Yeah. Up on the the orbiting laboratory or whatever that is. Of, oh, Marvell's? Yeah. Oh, I didn't think they were caged there. I thought that were, she was hiding them there. But they're kind of caged. I mean, they're, like I mean, they're obviously like, in, they're like obviously if you think in, about it, they're, in seclusion. Right, and in a very dark, enclosed yeah. space that doesn't give them any kind of freedom. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're clearly very limited. I mean, they have to stay there to, to stay alive. So they're, in a, they're basically right. in a cave. Yeah, right. So it's not that far from kids in cages yeah. in a way. You know, that they are literally caged up. Yeah. Allegedly, you know, kind of like in a way for their safety, but in yeah. a way like as a result of the policy. And in, in that way, I loved what the film was saying about politics mm-hmm. today in the United States, especially when the one creed describes Earth as a shithole. Yes. Oh, I did. When he said that, I was like, say that, Rich? You're quoting the film. It's OK. OK. It's the one I'm quoting. Yeah. It is a quote from the film. Uh, right. Sure. If the film right. can say it, I'm pretty sure we can say it. Right. And so, again, like the reference to Trump. Mm hmm. Seemed yeah the the shithole reference very like, direct like oh that feels like a little on right the nose. but what it does is that it turns us mm-hmm. into the evil that we are always pawning off on other people yeah is what the film does yeah and in a way might get us to think about where we are today well I mean it probably won't but it might I mean you can see the Cree as as a very sort of imperialist very nationalist sort of entity right which obviously plays on to kind of the 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 issues we're having with kind of a renewed nationalism. Wow. So if you call the Cree typically the fascist militaristic f- alien faction. Uh, uh, fascists. Fascists. Did I, did I say fascist? You said faction. I said fascist militaristic alien faction. Uh, did you say fascist? I think so. I didn't think you said fascist. Oh, okay. I missed it. That's okay. You weren't listening. There's only there's, – there's a lot going on in the room. There is. It's pretty wild. <laughs> to be distracted by. Yeah. You, you can't hear it, but there's a party going on. Very right there's that rattling noise in the air conditioning that's, that's throwing me off. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Any slight noise or motion. Yeah, yeah, but but to me, I really like that. But the idea that the Cree are us mm-hmm. is a really, really kind of awful yeah. realization that you oh, yeah. that you come to over the course of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, I loved I loved the scrolls and I loved how human they were. Yeah. And how funny they were. You're right. Like, I laughed out loud. Oh, the science guy bit. We're like, well, it's just basic physics. Yeah. Like, that That like that like was one of the moments where I just laughed out loud. I was like, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's such an obviously, like, moment played for humor. But I'm like, yeah, that was yeah. – I'm like, I'm laughing. Yeah. Yep. That was well done. Yeah. Do you want to take the next topic? Sure. Or, or raise the next topic? Ah, uh, gosh. What, you know what? I'm going to go with the, the next thing that, that again, I feel like we need to get the stuff that appealed to me in my particular way. Of course, Out as, of the way. as a white guy, you need to talk about mm-hmm. how the movie served you first. Yes, yes. So I want to. So the other thing that I really, <laughs> one of the other things that I really liked, yeah, was the inclusion of the Rambo's. Oh, me too. That's actually next on my list. Yeah, like that was particularly given the fact that beyond the fact that that Monica Rambo was the first female Captain Marvel in the comics, right? Besides the name, she shares no connection to Carol Danvers. Any that there's no reason. Beyond the fact that she also called herself Captain Marvel to include her. Yeah. And so to have the Rambos included in this film as such a substantial element of the film. Yes. Just made me so happy. Me too. Especially because the trailers didn't suggest that Maria Rambo yeah. was going to be – it It felt almost like an Easter egg kind of mm-hmm. thing in the trailers. Yes. Whereas she – I thought we might see her more in flashback than anything else. Right. And she fundamentally 
mattered. Yeah, and, oh, like sisterhood mm-hmm. mattered and yeah, sort of. Yeah. Well, one Carol of the things I really liked about the film is. was that yeah. a lot of people have commented about how there is no romantic relationship in the film. Yeah. And that, yeah, I mean, the, the major relationships you have in this film are partnerships. Yeah. It, it's her and Fury and her and Rambo. Yeah. Um, is there any chance that Monica plays a part in Endgame? I don't think she plays a part in Endgame. I think she plays a part in Captain Marvel 2 because you need two Captain Marvels. Because it's two. Oh, Captain Marvel 2. And then I... Captain Marvel 3 is when you bring in Kamala Khan. I've already got this all figured out. Wow. Why will she just hire me? That's in, that's ambitious. I, I, that's I, ambitious. You, I, you gotta figure, I mean, she's, you know, given her age in Captain Marvel, she's gonna be, fighting she's gonna be an adult Endgame. in, in yeah. Endgame, in, in the present of the MCU. And clearly her spunk and, you know, yeah. like I expect to see. I expect to see her in Captain Marvel too. Okay, good. Um, like, because I think she definitely needs to. Yeah, and I, that will, because, I mean, when I start, I mean, I didn't, it wasn't yet that I really got regularly into comics, but when I started, like, buying comics off the newsstand, yeah. On a semi-regular basis, I think the first issue I bought was, I think, the second issue of Captain Marvel Rambeau in The Avengers. Yeah. And then, like, when I, the you know, basically from when I started collecting uninterrupted to the present is at yeah. the end of her run on Avengers. So, like, my kind of getting back into comics yeah. really kind of coincides with... Monica Rambeau, Captain, the Captain, her version of Captain Marvel, right? And a new, a new book coming out in November will will delve, yes, we'll, we'll fairly delve substantially into, yes. into Monica Rambeau. Who, yeah, so who to, to have is Monica, a very important character. She was when Roger Stern was writing right. her on Avengers, and then he left. They wrote her out, and she was in kind of this limbo, right? Which she's still somewhat struggling to get out of. My hope is this film might get her a little bit more. Um, Prominence, but to, but but back in the day, but back in the day, like, like oh, she, in the mid eighties, like yeah, eighty two to eighty seven, she was and the film did. Like her, she's important enough to have been included yeah. in the Secret Wars, and the film did her credit. Yeah, which was I, I thought a pretty remarkable thing. Yeah, I, I well, what I like this was another thing that I liked that it seemed that they adapted from the from the comics. Yeah, because one of the complaints people have said is is that Brie Larson's Captain Marvel, like she seems kind of disaffected just kind of going through the motions like she doesn't seem all that invested in discovering her past yeah which part of me was like well that seems to be an adaptation of what happened in the comics when rogue took her powers and then professor x gave her memories back but she did not have the emotional connection to them yeah she gets that when she sees the rambos now i i will i will admit that when i was imagining the trajectory for captain marvel's Mm -hmm. trilogy that i was envisioning as an x-men fan oh the rogue storyline hmm it would be an excellent storyline. Or they could do the Immortus storyline from the comics. Uh, you're going to tell me with that one. Oh, you don't know that one? Uh, it's the storyline where Carol wakes up one day and finds herself like six months pregnant. Oh, even I know this and one. And there's the whole storyline. Wait, do we really want to see that on screen? No, we don't. It's the worst thing ever because what happens is that it reveals that Immortus fell in love with her. Yeah. Like transported her to his limbo realm outside of time. Yeah. And... You know, was basically trying to court her and wanted her to fall in love with him. He yeah. has machines that could make her do it, yeah. but he doesn't want to use those machines. Okay. So she eventually falls in love with him after he admittedly uses the machines a little bit. Yeah. They have sex. He impregnates herself with him so he can be born on Earth and stay with her. Yeah, we shouldn't do that one. Uh, yeah. I love comics. And then when no, a certain Avenger <laughs> no, destroys the machine that would keep him on Earth, yeah. he has to go back to Limbo. Carol goes with him to see if they can make the relationship work. Wow. That's how she's written out of Avengers. Claremont yeah. is the one that created her. 
he wrote the Avengers annual that year that basically brought her back, have her attacked with yeah. Rogue, and basically had her at the end confront the Avengers about, you let me go off with my yeah. rapist. What were you thinking? Yeah, I think I think the Rogue, the Rogue storyline where Rogue steals her powers and she has to come to grips with it, and then it, the trilogy ends with her becoming binary. Well, she's already binary because she's got be, those powers. Which being, would be spectacular. She's already got those powers. Would be spectacular. It would be, except she's already got those powers. Uh, when Rogue takes them away. Yeah. Oh, wait. Does, I thought Rogue's powers was just copied them for a little bit. Does that change? She holds on to, in the comics, she holds on to Carol too, too long because she's new at this. This is like her first appearance. So she holds on to Carol too long and absorbs the powers permanently. Yeah. Oh. Like in the comics, that's the day if Rogue, like, has physical contact with someone too long, she will permanently absorb their memories and powers. And kill them. Unless you're Ms. Marvel, who at least was able to survive, because right, right. She's so, a more so back robust. to the movie. By the way, yeah. you mentioned partnerships. Yes. One of the things I liked about this movie was the fact that Nick Fury was in it, mm-hmm. but he was never the star of it. No, he was the sidekick. Yeah. To Carol mm-hmm. on like a like buddy road trip. It did. Yeah, their whole relationship very much felt like a a buddy cop kind of film. Right. Where he's there providing where it felt some very nineties. Right. He's pro- yeah. Some some comedic relief. Mm-hmm. Like the the biggest drama about Fury is like how's he going to lose his eye? Yeah. You know, like he just like which and, I really liked it. Yeah, and the the, the film kept playing. Oh, is it here? Is it here? Yeah, yeah. Like so, when's he going to lose his? Eye? And as Bobby pointed out, the car chase at the beginning where mm-hmm. Carol's on the train. Yeah was such a 90s movie. Oh, yeah. There were yeah, a lot of moments the, where in this film I was like, it feels kind of like a 90s movie. Yeah. Like, even I think some of the flaws in the film I think I might ultimately attribute to it's kind of like more of a... Kind of like Bumblebee was very much an 80s film. Right. This very much felt to me like... It's almost like they're trying to make a 90s-style MCU film. It definitely had moments like that. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Um, I love the tribute to Stan Lee at the, at the start. Oh, the st- and well, and then the the Stan Lee cameo, yeah, in which Stan Lee exists in the Marvel universe as Stan Lee, but also as all of these other things that we've seen him in. Yeah, like it, it kind of throws the whole like Marvel. Un- I think this is how they. Re- th- a lot of people think Endgame is going to reboot the Marvel universe. I think it's going to be Stan Lee. Really? Yes, I think he's going to cause the reboot because his presence is is sort of messing with things. That's an interesting idea. But he, oh yeah, the tribute was great. Like the 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 was, all like his cameos, like seeing all the past the, cameos, um, flipping the, through the, the comic opening. book kinds yeah, of pages. Yeah, like that was fantastic. Yeah, it was just, it was good. Yeah, and then I wonder, I was like, so is that going to be like this film's Stan Lee cameo? And then you know he shows up on the bus reading right. Mall Rats of all things. I'm like, oh my right. god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't talked about Brie Larson yet. We have not. We probably should do Maybe that. Maybe we should point. do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel yeah. like we've been. I think. We I feel skip. like. We, We've been building to it. Yes. By well, talking I mean, about I mean what was, you she know, is the biggest her. part of the film, so we, we should save her for the biggest part of the show. Yeah. I mean, I have a few other things to talk about, but um, not a ton. Yeah. So where to, where to start? Can I start here? Okay. Over break, Vicky and I saw Captain Marvel. Yep. And over break, Vicky and I went to see Alita Battle Angel. Oh, so you were doing the James Woods thing. Yes, exactly. Except... Surprisingly enough, James Woods and I mm-hmm. came down on opposite sides really? of the debate. Oh, so you don't think Marvel hates half its audience? I do not. Okay. I do not think that Marvel hates half its audience, and I also think that, that Alita was a god-awful film. Oh, really? In a lot of ways, but especially in terms of sort of gender politics. I have not seen Alita, so. so. The trailer, though, certainly sets Alita up oh, as yeah. kind of a, a cyborg, but still a female, right? Mm-hmm. 
who is incredibly empowered. Oh, yeah. Is going to lead some kind of revolution against some kind of fascist state mm, or whatever. Seems like it. The film is entirely predicated upon her falling in love with a guy that you couldn't possibly understand why she know. falls in love with him. Kind of like the guy from Hunger Games. He's terrible. Mm. Like, he's the worst. He literally is working with the bad guys. Oh. Um, she sticks with him even after he sends her off to mm. a death trap kind of situation. Ooh. She, halfway through the film, she matures, and she gets, like, a more adult female body. Oh, God. The more adult she looks, yeah. the less powerful she is mm. in the film. It is god-awful. Yeah. And, by the way, the Rotten Tomatoes score, the fan score for Alita, mm-hmm. 94%. Really? People are eating it up, and I thought. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, well, okay, maybe the like James Woods. It. It's maybe it's made yeah. like a. Well, I can't really say because I don't know have any numbers. Yeah, but maybe the James Woodsies are you're saying artificially inflating. I a have film a feeling. I, I would. It's yeah. telling women that they can kind of pretend to empowerment. Yeah, but really shouldn't be empowered at all. Yeah, which of course makes sense now that, why the James Woodsian people are promoting that film. Right. Yes. That. Exactly. Like, if James Woods was going to go to any film, yeah. it would be Alita, which mm. purports to have a powerful female lead. Yeah. And I think has just an incredibly weak, yeah. written mm. character. It was it was awful. And um, Rodriguez, the guy who directed Sin City, yes. directed it. And it was just full of, like, people getting sliced with knives. Oh, yeah. It, it's kind of his thing, yeah. I think. And well, so, yeah, I mean, Rodriguez also did, you know, El Miliachi. And like mm-hmm. those, yeah. Films. Well, we we quit watching after Sin City, which still gives Vicky nightmares. Um, I could see that would not be a Vicky film. Yeah, mm-hmm. I fell asleep during it. Mm. I, I, I didn't love it. So that's, um, that's worrisome on a couple levels. We were watching it at home. Oh, okay. I thought you were in the theater. Okay, that, you know, that, 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 like that, that makes more a sense. Sleepy Saturday, but um, Sleepy Saturday. You know what? Let's watch Sin City. Yeah. Some some of the reviews <laughs> though that like Vicky goes to to like make sure like you don't get to violent stuff. Mm-hmm. We're really complaining about the sexuality of the film and downplaying the violence. The oh. sexuality consisting of a guy with a shirt off. Are you talking about Alita or Sin City? Alita. Okay. For about oh. five for about five minutes, mm. um, and a kiss that he shared that the two shared. <gasps> yeah. And then like the violence was like, ah, oh, there's a couple stabbings and some blue blood because they're cyborgs. You're like, no, like that's. It just says something about America. Yeah, well, I think. yeah. And, like, the fact that like that... Our, how uptight we are about sexuality mm-hmm. and how we just like like violence has. No, no effect. effect on us. Well, yeah, violence is no, that's the that's yeah. the South Park movie. That's the whole critique they're making. Never saw it. Oh, they're all the whole point of of the film is is that you know violence is you know unrestrained violence is perfectly fine in American films, but yeah. not sexuality, but but uh, profanity is is to be right avoided yeah. at all costs. It's, we we live in a weird culture. We do in weird cultural times. Yeah, which brings us back to Brie Larson. Yeah, should we get way, back to Brie? Who I thought was like gave a a really terrific performance overall, even yeah. if it wasn't what people expected. Yeah, or maybe you know the James Woods of the world wanted. But I I picked up something from Wired that oh, I thought made foul? a real, what is this a fair foul? No, it's just oh, okay. a, an interesting observation. Uh, quote like witches. And suffragettes. Oh, okay. And Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Mm. Captain Marvel was told that her anger in a fight was too much. Yeah. That it would get her into trouble. That wasn't true. It was just that everyone was afraid of her might. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice insight yeah. into the film and kind of talking about the politics of yeah. 
of gender. Well, and from the very beginning, when yon Rog tells her, you know, we gave you your powers, we can turn them off. And I'm like, right. you didn't give her her powers. Like, right. that's just a control chip. Like, that is so obviously a control chip, and, and right. you're just trying to, to maintain, like, whatever... Right, but the message also from him is, like, if you really want to be good at what you do, like, you have to disconnect from your emotions. Oh, yeah. It was just, yeah, like, the well, gaslighting you were talking yeah, about Yeah, well, and, the, and then the, obviously the climactic scene at the end where he's like, you know, don't use your photon powers, just try to beat me. <laughs> and she just blasts him. Like, the idea, which, again, very, very sort of a nice kind of... It was comment on kind of the internet. You don't you don't fight the internet trolls on their terms, right? You, right. you, and, you just you just blast them. And why should yeah. Captain Marvel? She has nothing have to, to prove. demonstrate. Yeah, you know, like her character or whatever. Right. Which know. obviously also works on a meta level because it got me thinking about kind of both Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel yeah. as both kind of the female led superhero films yes. and and this constant narrative of, you know, they have to prove that these films can work. That that you know Wonder Woman obviously had to deal with and and you know Captain Marvel had to deal with as well and and yeah. hopefully we're at the point with Captain Marvel now where we can say you know okay yeah no these films do work yeah the comparison like they've um, got nothing to prove at this point to Wonder Woman brings up a fair foul mm-hmm. that I brought so this would be a good chance okay. to, to let you hear it it's from Variety okay uh, the second major Hollywood movie to feature a female superhero at its center mm-hmm. um, but it's a savvier and more high-flying fantasy than Wonder Woman because hmm. it's the origin story as head game. Hmm. There's a lot packed in there. Yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, hmm. you'd agree it's the second major Hollywood movie. I agree with that, yes. Yeah. That, that's fair. But savvier, hmm. more high-flying. I don't know. There were moments where... There's moments where I would... in terms of, Particularly in terms of thinking of... And maybe this is somewhat because Wonder Woman had had much more to prove. Well, Wonder Woman came the DC, first, which I think first, makes it very hard to and compare. It was in, and it was in the DC universe that had to had to prove it could actually do it. Which a is like two movie. massive strikes yeah. against it before it even started. Uh, but like, there's, there's like one of the things. Like, I really like the moment in Captain Marvel where you have sort of the like her standing up or her getting back up, kind of over time. Right. I liked that moment. I don't know that it resonated as much as I would have wanted it to because I don't know that they they did enough to build in. The earlier scenes, like the resilience, like the yeah, yeah or or okay. or even just the 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 sexism that she was facing, or or the I like, see, I, 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 it's there, I, but it's not there. I didn't feel that way. I felt like there was enough there. See, I like, felt like when you been see more. her interacting with her father, when you see her interacting with the male drill sergeant, or yeah. whatever. To me, it, it was there, but we can agree to disagree. Yeah, for me, it was definitely there. I didn't know because I, I thought about like for like that moment did not resonate for me as powerfully as say Wonder Woman in No Man's Land. Well, Wonder Woman in No Man's Land is a remarkable bit of film yeah. for any kind of movie, let yeah. alone, like, not just superhero movies. Yeah. On the other hand, one of the advantages that Captain Marvel has, I think, is its treatment of male characters. Mm. Nick Fury is a much better supporting character. Oh, this is where you start trashing Steve Trevor. Than Steve Trevor. Yeah. But it's true, right? How did I not see that coming? Like, Steve Trevor is insufferable. Nick Fury is is like kind of. I don't think Trevor's insufferable. Sees it. Oh, he is. He totally is. No, Trevor's fine. Am I reading too much into it to to kind of talk about the way in which both Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman have different kinds of superheroes, in the way in which they're striving to end war? Oh no! I mean, again, they're both. Yeah, I, I you know, which well, one of the things that's interesting about both Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel yeah. is kind of both of them as commentaries on war, right? Right. And, and different aspects of war, right? But as Female characters mm-hmm. commenting on war in ways that male characters 
Yeah. Don't usually. Yeah. It strikes me. At least I can't think of male characters who have done it in the same kind of way. Trying to, to end? Yeah. And to, and to oh, I can think of one male character that tries to end a war. Who's that? Steve Trevor. No. No, no, no. He's totally trying to end it. That's his whole point. No, that's fair. He is. Yeah, he's totally trying to end Whoa, he whoa, is. whoa, whoa. Did you just say I was right? No. Said I, I said Steve right. Trevor was trying to end the war. Yeah, which was my point, which means I'm right. Who's Steve Trevor? Fair point. Chris Pine's character let's in go, Wonder Woman. Let's go back to that. Now, who's Steve Trevor? Is the, Chris Pine? Is mm. the better place. Yeah, yeah, there you go. It's <laughs> a better place <laughs> to leave it. But I just... So you, But you don't see male superheroes typically thinking about it. Like, So when Wonder Woman goes to No Man's Land, mm-hmm. the film stops. Yeah. It becomes very quiet. Mm-hmm. And there's this confrontation with the realities of mm-hmm. kind of war. That, that male superheroes very rarely sort of stop to contemplate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the Avengers go out and eat shawarma the next day. Yes. Like, the entire city has been destroyed around them. They're just sitting around a table, like, praising the shawarma. Yes. Okay. Anyway, I thought, it, I don't know. I thought it might be worth thinking about yeah. the ways in which that's kind of a gendered thing, too. It is, though. I mean, you can make the, the argument. Maybe it might we, be we, stereotyping we, women negatively. But we also do get some of that. About, in, I mean, the whole premise of Civil War is kind of based on... That the Avengers, you know, battle New York and then had shawarma. Yeah. Created Ultron, dropped a boulder on, on Sokovia, right. and then left. Yeah. That, I mean, way Civil War kind of, of comments on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but it's a, it's, a, it's a political commentary. Yeah. As opposed to a personal commentary. That's true. Right? Like, they, they, they well, the men, have, the men the think of it from a, like a, Tony. a political top-down kind yeah. of view, whereas the women... Like Captain Marvel with refugee kids, mm. Wonder Woman walking through no man's land, yeah. aren't worrying about or aren't confronting or yeah. addressing the political consequences yeah. of war. They're thinking about like the very human consequences yeah. of death and you know um, separating families and yeah. whatnot. Well, particularly Carol, sort of. I mean, largely her inspiration to go and end the war is what she discovers about the scrolls and, and their refugee status and, right. and that they were never after the engine at all. It was they, right. were, they were trying to get back to the families. And that, yeah. that's kind of when she sort of sees the horror of the war that, that she's been part of. of um, right. well, I guess this is her first mission, but even in that, she's been part of perpetrating she's, it. She's complicit in the system yeah. that, that has perpetrated this kind of violence. Yeah. yeah. Um, So, yeah, I will, and I, I will give Captain Marvel the nod. Is that there weren't any, there aren't as many. I can't think of any moments where I sort of of cringed. Whereas in Wonder Woman, there's obviously the smoke signals, right? Uh, when she sees the baby, right? There, uh, there were a few moments where I was like, Ugh. you know, right. Captain Marvel. I can't really recall any of those in Captain Marvel. I, I completely agree. I had the same conversation with my family afterwards. Yeah, that, like it's that, a li- that, yeah that the missteps that that seemed to me. Obvious in Wonder Woman seemed yeah not there don't seem there yeah in this film yeah so to me it's really interesting the way in which the film's politics I mean it, like there's the politics inside the film and there's the politics outside the film because mm-hmm. there's been incredible controversy about Brie Larson yes from almost the moment she was cast yeah like is she too young to mm-hmm. play Captain Marvel um, her stance you know refusing to clap when uh, Casey Affleck was on stage. At oh, the I forgot. Oscars. Yeah, I forgot that she was the one that did that. Um, yeah. Well, and then she made she's made some comments in interviews about um, 
wanting to make sure that that the people interviewing her are diverse, more diverse. That yep. she's made comments about. Uh, I think when she was talking about, I think she talked about Wrinkle in Time. She's that been she very big. On she doesn't want to hear yeah. what a white male reviewer thinks of the film. She wants yeah. to hear what like a black woman, a black teenager, like wants to know. Her what point they being, think the, of film the film was made for people who a are white men. Yeah. And I, you know, if you go back and look at her comments, she's not saying like white men shouldn't review films. No, but that is how it she, was spun, right? But she's saying in this context, like yeah. I'm not particularly interested, right. which I think is a fair comment. Oh no, her comments. If you read the whole comment, it's a, tem- yeah. it's a fundamentally benign comment yeah. but she's also been part of the four percent challenge trying yep. to get more movies made and directed mm-hmm. by women and of course she was told to smile more we oh, talked yeah. about this on the podcast when we did the trailer i yeah. think way back when you know like this idea on all the great memes that came afterwards mm-hmm. of like taking thor yes but turning like his frown into a smile in in the um like trailers yeah. or in the the advertising copy that was mm-hmm. created so it is fascinating to me and incredibly depressing that Brie Larson is such a flashpoint yeah. for such a contentious, angry mm-hmm. discourse that can suggest only one thing, really, right? Which is? A kind of male discomfort oh, yeah. with women being empowered or oh, considered, yeah. I don't know, God forbid, equal? Yeah, or capable or competent. Like, oh, am, yeah. I, am I missing something? Because it just no, seems no. Because through my body, it seems yeah. yeah it's, well, because I mean, but the, the latest thing you've so seen is grounded. the complaints about that. That you know, uh, what there's an article. I think I think Amanda or someone posted on Facebook or something about how um, the new complaint about Brie Larson is that she's not sexy enough compared to the comic book version. Right. Yes, and I've I've seen that floating around. I, yeah. I should. I mean, I I have a long list of things that people have complained yeah. about, and you know, Gal Gadot did not. I don't think. I'm trying to remember. Oh I, no, she definitely. When she was first cast, there were well, issues about you know that she's not her physicality. Yes, maybe yes, that but, she's physically not as as. But I don't think Godot had the same kind of sustained criticism. No, well, because part of it is that Godot had, um, to her benefit, she had been the one good thing in Batman versus Superman right. before her movie, which. Bought her some credit, which bought her some credit, and a lot of people were like, "Oh no, she." So I mean, so part of it is that I think Batman versus Superman kind of helped in in that, like she, it got people excited for what Wonder Woman could be, just because people were like, "Oh my god, like she actually is." Remind me because after Wonder Woman, Godot has certainly been quite political. Oh yeah, in terms of speaking up for gender equity. Yeah, in in the industry. Yeah, well, she refused to do like she leveraged her position as Wonder Woman to get Ratner's studio off of the sequel. Right. So, so like she's was she as outspoken as Brie Larson before the film debuted? I'm I'm trying to understand. I don't know what feels like a qualitative difference in the response to. Godot. And maybe she just kind of flew under the radar because yeah, they were I, like, well, female-led films will never work. Yeah, I don't. I honestly like, don't I, know. But what it is, um, it's just like – I don't know how much of their I, – I think if there was anything, it was probably all in the context of her playing Wonder Woman yeah. and the significance of a Wonder Woman on screen and, and the Wonder Woman. I don't, I don't remember her – Right, necessarily be right. I, most of her and political so maybe, stuff I see kind of as as she very savvily leveraged her position as Wonder Woman, right? And the and the right. notoriety it gave her and Brie Larson maybe so maybe she was a little bit more outspoken beforehand, but it's just depressing. Like yeah. it's just depressing as hell for me that 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 James Woods, oh yeah, feels comfortable sharing those ideas. Oh yeah, let alone having them. Oh well, I mean we're we're at a point where people feel comfortable sharing all kinds of ideas right. that you know. Yeah. 
right. not that terribly long ago, we'd be like, yeah, no, that's not the kind of thing you actually would admit to. Right. Yeah. Yes. And now, yeah. And, and, now, so, it's, and now it's totally fine. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, a, it's a crazy world that we're, we're yeah. sort of, of living in. Yeah. But not crazy in a good way. No, no, not good crazy. Is yeah. there a good crazy? Like crazy, crazy, crazy nights. Okay. Is that a Kiss song? That always seems like fun, you know? Yeah, because I'm going to know a deep cut on a Kiss album. It's a fair point. Like, I don't <laughs> even know why you're asking me that. Okay. Isn't that a Kiss song? Yes. I believe <laughs> Hall & Oates covered it at some point. That's how <laughs> I oh, my God. If Hall & Oates, I make, I make this pledge to you right now. Mm-hmm. If Hall & Oates do a Kiss cover album, <laughs> I will buy it. Can it be Lick It Up? That would be one of them. There'd be a, a whole range, like yeah. Heaven's on Fire, Detroit. Mm. Can you imagine Hall & Oates doing Detroit Rock City? Not familiar with that album. It's a song. So, I think part of it, too— That's and, why and maybe this the is, album. <laughs> I mean, this is maybe part of the issue, too, is that maybe it's also due to the fact that, that Wonder Woman has such a much greater iconic status than Captain Marvel. But to me—okay, so maybe to the mainstream public that right. helps, but in a way— well, I guess that makes Captain Marvel even more radical. That's my point. Or, or, people or, feel or like, more of an upstart. Like, DC, of course, is doing Wonder Woman because she's one of the big three. Right. But w- Marvel is somehow forcing. Well, and, 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 and in a sense, I mean, you can see, I mean, you, you know, the idea that the Carol Danvers version of Captain Marvel is the signature female superhero at Marvel, Yeah, that's an idea that's maybe 10, 15 years old. Right. I mean, you know... Yeah. Carol Danvers was, you know, she debuted in the 60s, 70s. In the, By the early 80s, she had been written out and was basically in limbo for a while, then a supporting character wait, in X-Men. literally limbo or? Literally limbo. She was in limbo with. Immortus. With Immortus. Yeah. He lives uh, in limbo? Yeah. He's the master of time. He lives in limbo. Unfortunately, because he had been born on Earth, he was out of sync with limbo, and so he died very soon wait, after. Doesn't Ileana always go through limbo? A different limbo. That's a different limbo. Okay, because I was like— Apparently more than one limbo. I don't remember Immortus being in charge. Yeah, not that limbo. That's the demonic limbo. Right. This is the more tiny, cloudy limbo. And is there one where you just go under a a stick? No. No. So that limbo doesn't exist, ironically. Yeah. The stick is more symbolic. Not not as a separate realm. I'm pretty sure limbo as a a dance— Party phase? Party party activity? —exists in the Marvel Universe. Do we know that? I'm pretty sure. Have we ever seen it? I'm pretty sure the X-Men do it after one of their baseball games (laughs) in the 80s. Oh, don't make fun of me. They play baseball, and then they limbo. One Uh, of my favorite parts of the film, real quickly, was um, when the biker tries to pick up Carol. Doesn't he tell tell her she should smile more? She should smile more? It was just the film, like, like flipping a bird to— Yeah, there's some nice moments where— flipping a bird to half— the American audience, yeah, apparently, and yes, James Woods' yeah. understanding of it, yeah, Ugh. yeah, he's the, but yeah, I mean, I think part of it is, I think there's James a way Wood? in which that that I think he was per- an actor, wasn't he, James Woods? Yes, emphasis on the was, um, okay. but Twitter makes anybody yeah. like able to sustain. But they, I, I think, that, but I think part of it too is, I think because, you know, the idea of Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel as kind of of basically the equivalent of Wonder Woman at Marvel is a much more recent idea. Right. And so I could see where the, it feels a little forced. The casual fan yeah. recognizes Wonder Woman oh, in yeah. a way that they don't we, recognize we Captain have Marvel. Decades and decades of Wonder Woman right. as a recognizable iconic that is DC's iconic female superhero. Right. Yes. Um we have a decade of right. that for Captain Marvel. So How? I can see ways that there's there's a way in which that I could see a perception of Captain Marvel as a bit of an upstart. Yeah. How great would Storm be in the in the Marvel universe? Oh, God. 
Uh, yeah. What they could do with that character. They could do, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's the problem with them. I mean, that's part of why the MCU has struggled a bit, is that all of Marvel's best female characters are X-Men. Yeah. Uh, you know, Storm, Jean Grey, Rogue. Psylocke. Psy- mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Mero. Jubilee. Mystique. Mystique. Like, it's, it's all, no, it's Mystique all. actually, yeah. Yeah. Marrow. <laughs> I was like, how are you not? How are you letting Marrow slide by? Stacy X. Stacy X. <laughs> oh, that's that's from that terrible. Run. I don't even remember that. All like, I know is like the... she was the prostitute whose mutant powers was to make people fall in love with her or something. Yeah, pheromones. Yeah, like, yeah. like oh, yeah, that's a, it's a yeah. high point of feminism right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was not a good. That was not a good X Men era. I, yeah, I, I was done. <laughs> I had stopped X Men at that point, yeah. so I stopped somewhere in the Libdell run. Um, that's a good place to stop. But probably. yeah, I mean that that's part of the problem is is that I mean Black Widow had a nice ascendancy thanks to the MCU and, and yeah. is on par. But yeah, prior to the MCU, like all of Marvel's best female characters yeah. were X Men. Yeah, uh, and so they couldn't use them. Well, but now they can. So who knows? Let's hope. Who knows? Um, but yeah, so yeah. So anything else you want to? I, we're running a little. Short on time, probably. That's yeah, fine. Mm. Um, so, I, to get actually, to the, I was going to cut numbers in fair and foul. Oh well, I know I've got fair and foul. Like I've got a whole page of fair and foul. I do. Oh, I, I do. I do have something that you're going to I like. Meant the I think. other half of the show. I do have something that I think you will like. Okay, we've already done the soundtrack. I'll cut that off. Go. So, the film does, I think, introduce some further continuity glitches into the MCU. Oh, oh boy! boy. Yeah, Largely because of the use of the Tesseract. Because what I'm about to give you, yeah is one of my two criticisms of the original Avengers movie. Wow. Because in the original... I didn't know you had any I know. This is why this is my gift to you, that I have two. Wow. Um, So this is the first of them, is that in the the Avengers film, when they're having, like, the big argument about the Tesseract, Thor says that it was S.H.I.E.L.D.'s work with the Tesseract that drew the Chitauri to them, letting them know that, that Earth was ready for a higher form of war. Okay. Okay, the Tesseract was used by the Red Skull in World War II massively. Yeah. Captain Marvel is using it in the 90s to create a light speed engine that apparently everybody kind of knows about. Right. So why weren't the Chitauri alerted to it then? Well, maybe they were. It just took them a while to get there. I have a, I have a better explanation. Yes. Which is that Thor's just wrong because he doesn't know that Chitauri are being controlled by Thanos. He thinks it's just that. No, time out. You claim this to be a gift. It is a gift. But you I just explained a... it away. You're like, here is a gift, and then you just, like, bashed it with a baseball. In the, yeah. in it's the, like, here's this wonderful no, no, no. item. It's, it's like crushed. Listen, it's just a, it's a... This is my gift to you, and you know what you have to give to me now. What? My no prize. Because I took I'm a gaffe, no and pri- I explained no, it. No, I get no. a no prize. No. I've earned my no prize. But yes, will give you this no is prize. one of the two, this is one of the two See problems. This is one of the two issues I have in the Avengers. The okay, so the one? first one's not an issue. Let's see if we can come up with another one. Well, so the second Let's find, one. I mean, a real one. So when... One that sticks. Uh, when Hawkeye is brainwashed by oh. Loki, yeah. and um, they have to get the, the uridium or whatever it is to stabilize the Tesseract. Okay. Um, I think Selvig or someone says, you know, that's going to be hard to get. And Hawkeye says something about, well, yeah, even harder if S.H.I.E.L.D. knows you need it. And that's why they need Loki to do the distraction and everything. Yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't figure out that they need it until after they confront Loki. Oh. They do not, they have no idea that they need Iridium at that point. So there is no need for the distraction. Wow, so that's but a yeah, real one. But do they know that? What? 
does I mean does yeah, there's no reason, and but Clint Loki might know that? might Clint might think they already know that. I don't know how I they mean, would. Like there's I no got no like, prize. So, but yeah, so those are my complaints about the original Avengers movie. Yeah. Is that it does sort of But yeah, I don't understand how like very, the Red Skull literally trifling complaints. Yeah. The Red Skull really creates a massive war engine out of the Tesseract. Like the Chitauri should have showed up and be right. like, "Hey, what's right. going on here?" But you could buy Thor as just kind of a blowhard. Yeah, but the, I mean, at that point, the movie, they're not definitely, a big stretch. Yeah, but they're trying to they're trying to to make a point, right, about sort of the way in which heroes show up and create villains as a yeah. result. Yeah. So. so, but yeah, so that so that was one of my. I thought you would appreciate that. So, how did you feel about the post credit scenes? Okay, I loved the last one. Oh, the hairball, the the cat with the yeah. I was trying to. Oh, figure, I've got, here's a hairball. Because here's the yeah. other thing. I now know, because everyone's talking about, like, Captain Marvel is going to be crucial to Avengers Endgame. Yeah. It's not Captain Marvel. It's Goose. You think? He swallows all of the Infinity Gems and becomes Infinity Cat. That's how Thanos is defeated. If they end with Infinity Cat... Hashtag Infinity Cat. It will kill the Hashtag Infinity Cat. They're going to end with that that and then say, hey, folks, there's no reboot. It's (laughs) over. That's it. Listen, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. You see a cat in its litter box, like, covering <laughs> over the stones. He's just yeah. going no, to swallow them and become Infinity Cat. And then he's going to, because he's a good cat, he's going to wish everyone back. Yeah. There's, yeah. So the cat was great. Oh, my God, I love the cat. The, the, the audience literally groaned when I watched it, which I thought was great. Yeah, well, it's a groan-worthy sort of thing, but. Um, my only question was, is he going to spit up the Tesseract or Fury's eyeball? Well, he just scratched Fury's eyeball. I know, he didn't but actually just, take the eyeball out. Had the eye come out, it would have been pretty good. Yeah, I figured it was going to be the Tesseract. Um, I also liked the way that it kind of wove, like, you know, I've seen some people come out like, well, how do they have the te- how does you know Marvel have the Tesseract? Because last we knew that was in Shield's hands. I'm like, yeah. she's working at Project Pegasus, which in Avengers was a Shield installation. So clearly, Duh. come on, people, jeez. Well, then there's then you there's, know what? If people don't get this, well, then there's the other like, people like, that are if like, if they don't know about yeah. the 1984 Fantastic Four where Galactus eats yeah. the Scroll Homeworld, yeah, like. What, what what do we make? We're not making movies for those no. people. No. Clearly, the yeah. ignorant and the unwashed. Well, and then there's people that are like <laughs> ignorant masses. You know, there are people like, well, the movie Captain Marvel makes no sense because you know, why does anyone need the light speed travel? The Kree already have light speed travel, so why do they need you know what's her face weapon? I'm like, they don't have light speed travel. That's why it takes 22 hours to get to the next Stargate. Right. It seems like they could have put people. those those scrolls, you know, on a ship somewhere. What the Kree put the scrolls on a ship? No, somewhere? no, no. The, the scrolls that they there's technology to travel pretty quickly, I guess just not quick enough. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean tra- it depends on the time of day. Traffic is terrible. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Like you get yeah. caught in a traffic uh, jam and uh, then there's rush all hour. Of a sudden, there's it a doesn't matter what light speed oh, you, you gotta, have. You gotta, a you gotta log, you got a log jam at the Stargate. Ooh. Yeah, you know light yeah. speed or not, you're not. It's gonna take you a couple of hours. Yeah. yeah, and I guess you gotta have your papers and whatnot. Yeah. I love, if you don't have Easy yeah. Pass, you got to pay. You <laughs> yeah, know. right. <laughs> yeah. I, I I love the scene of of Carol showing up at the Avengers. Oh yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, it's been 20 years. She does not look any different. Well, there's gonna have to be like, what, first off, what has she been doing for 20 years? Well, one assumes that she took the scroll somewhere safe. Yes. And then probably got distracted battling other evildoers. It's hard to say. Cause I'm like, I guess she could have ended the the war with the Kree 
and been battling the Kree this whole time, though you think that might have come up in a Guardians movie where the Kree are around. Right. It, it feels like, I'm like she where, can't like, have been taking on the Kree, did right? Did she get because... stuck in the quantum realm? I don't know. Like, where, where, yeah, yeah so I, it's kind of the weird, like, where is she? And also, she well, has not aged. But the not aging thing, like, once you absorb the power of a oh, yeah, speed clear, engine yeah, through your body, Yeah, it's I clearly going to be her powers, Like, yeah. there's a chance that she just doesn't age. Yeah. But what no, I, really, doing, I, was, but... I was surprised at that scene, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of Avengers in this little endgame scene. Yeah, so Captain Marvel 2 could take place in the in between space too. It could. I I wouldn't want it to. I wouldn't want it to either. I want it Cuz then to be we would rogue. not necessarily get a Monica Rambeau and Rogue. I mean, it could be a flashback, you know, of sorts. Perfect way to bring the X-Men in. That's all I'm saying. Mm. I did like the way the film connected to the Guardians of the Galaxy films in terms of like the characters that yeah. you kind of see bouncing across. Yeah, like you have Ronan and Korath stitching together that um that that sort of Tapestry? Yeah, the, the galactic tapestry. Narrative tapestry? Of the MCU. I don't know. The galactic blanket? Yeah. No. What else you got? Um, Time-wise, but you're doing pretty good. I think that no. might be... Okay. <laughs> I mean, we talked about the, the parallels with Rogue. Oh, I did like the deep dive for the Kree, car- Kree characters. Oh, boy. Well, just because, like, they literally call them Star Force, which is that's the team formed during the Operation Galactic Storm storyline in Avengers. And it's literally all of the same characters. It's it's Atlas, it's Minerva, it's Korath the Pursuer. You asked. It's yeah, Ronin. I know. I know. I know. Um, I'm sorry. So I did, I did kind of like that. I, thought I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Really, you know, every time this happens, yeah, the fact that you yeah. thought you might win the Marvel Wreck Trivia Box. Wreck-It Rog. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Rick it Rog. What fools I'm a, we I do have to say, I'm a little bit surprised that there hasn't been more outcry that they changed the gender of the original Marvel with Annette Benning's character. Right. That's that's like I would expect. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, of all of all the things, particularly for like the the Maybe comic the, aficionados to get yeah. mad at. Like, the fact that they changed the original Captain Marvel, I'm kind of surprised that people didn't get up in arms about maybe that. Maybe they just punched themselves out at this point. It like, could be. Maybe, or like maybe they just expended so much venomous anger, they yeah. just, they're like, it's, they're spent. Yeah, so I was a little bit surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, I did like, I mean, her origin is is almost textbook from the comics. I mean, in the comics, she's caught in an energy blast during a battle between Marvel and Yonrog, and that's yeah. almost exactly what happens here. Yeah. Um, Wendy Lawson is her character. Captain Marvel, the male version, his care, his secret identity was Walter Lawson. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this, so they, they they did some nice parallels. It, it's with the kind of stuff, stuff that I don't even think about because it doesn't bother me at all. I don't think about it either. It just kind of comes to me naturally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, what this, so you know what the show never does is come to a natural ending. No, because one thing we haven't talked about yet is where does this fall in terms of the MCU film? What does that mean? Like in terms of ranking, like if I you feel were to like, rank oh, it, no, like we where want would numbers it go? now. I, Do we want numbers? Oh no, we've given up numbers for Lent. That's why I'm asking you. We're giving up numbers for I'm Lent. not giving so, wait, a ranking. So wait, can I actually give the number? No. Yes. There's no. So, no, you cannot. So I feel like that might be a really great conversation. Twenty. Out of twenty-one. Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to place, but I think it's in the upper echelon. Yeah, I have, it some, I have it somewhere upper, upper middle probably for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely better than Iron Man 2. It's better than Incredible Hulk. Right. I'd probably put it above it, Doctor Strange. Yeah, I would too. I'd put it above Ant-Man. It, for me, it feels a bit on par with Ant-Man. I'm not I, I sure. I think the politics of it to me are yeah. too powerful and important. So yeah. I would put it above Ant-Man. Um, 
I'd put it above the first couple of Thor. Did you oh yeah, sorry, yeah, already? I didn't mention the Thors. Yeah, it would like, be above the Thors. It would be in front of those. Um, better than Guardians Two. Yeah. With a lot of the same problems as Guardian or challenges as Guardian Two, and that yeah. Guardians Two really couldn't tell anything right. significant because we knew all the characters are showing up at Endgame. Right. Right. So. But so it probably managed. It did like, a better job than Guardians Two in terms of telling it, a story of significance. Is it Winter Soldier? It's better no. than Age of Ultron. Why are you thinking about this? It's not even a question. I really like Age of Ultron. Of course you do, but it's better than Why? Age of Ultron. It's a fun movie. But having talked through those films, yeah, Age of Ultron like, is his transformers. Winter Soldier, Black Panther, Black Panther, Infinity War. Yeah, I really like Iron Man Three. Yeah. It might be on par with Iron Man 1, except Iron Man 1 is the first. Yeah, which, yeah again. But then this is the first female-fronted, so maybe. Yeah. Um, it's a hard one to place. Like, I have a hard yeah. time. Like, I know it's I think, not I know it's not near the bottom. I know it's not at the, the best of the best. Yeah. It's, it's somewhere. I think compared to Wonder Woman. I think the. the I have to, I'd, I'd have to see Captain Marvel yeah. a few more times. The, I've seen Wonder Woman so many times. The that, comparison uh, that we made in the middle of the show yeah. suggests that, in, like, Captain Marvel's better in some ways, and Wonder Woman might that's be like they better feel, in other ways. They feel so about on party with each other. For that's me about right how now. I feel right now too. But I feel like we need to come back to the ranking of Marvel movies. Mm. Maybe we could do that after Endgame. Because mm. Endgame will probably be at the bottom. Yeah, it'll no. establish like the baseline. Listen, there is no way that Endgame is going to be worse than Iron Man two. Can I say I am? Why I am, would you say that until you've not, seen the movie? I am very happen. excited for Endgame. I, the I, Lego I, sets come out at the end of this month. I don't care. Very excited. Well, of course you are. Wait, when does the movie come out? April twenty sixth. One of the spoilers in the Lego set coming soon. Uh, there are there are some minor spoilers. Okay, this is a totally new subject. In that, well, <laughs> they well, well, number one. I apologize. We are over an hour, and now we're going to talk about Avengers Legos in one of the set. Well, well you know what? We're not going to get home in time for Leia. If we, we should we don't probably wrap this. We should, we, we're we're going to talk about Endgame next in Trailer Park, so we should just save this for there. There you go. I've got a lot of Endgame stuff to talk about, yeah. which is a nice tease for the podcast that'll come after this one. That's right.